joy what you what you say to us today. Amen. Today's scripture reading is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Continue. Give thanks in every situation because this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks, thanks be, be to God. God. sure where Aaron plugged that in last week, so I'll let that be for now. Well, good morning and happy Thanksgiving week to uh, all of you. I I said last week that I really wanted to preach on gratitude this week, and I do, and not on Christ the King. I also say don't get used to it. I expect we won't be doing this next year. But this year, I felt the need to talk about Thanksgiving and gratitude. It's the week we're told to count our blessings. Now, I don't like being told what to do. I don't. And this may seem strange for my line of work. I actually don't like telling other people what to do either. But um, expressing gratitude, I think we can all agree, is a good thing good, right? Because the truth is, we are surrounded by blessings all of the time, whether we recognize it or not, and more often than not, we don't even recognize them. Last week, I was at a preaching conference at my alma mater, Princeton Theological Seminary, and on the first morning there, there was a a buffet breakfast in the seminary, the seminary has like a hotel, so I was at the seminary hotel, and they had like a buffet breakfast. You've been there, you know the drill, right? Food in these aluminum pans, that's kind of good, but it's food, and there's coffee, and then there's like abstract art on the walls, right? And kind of nondescript art that you just sort of walk past and don't think anything of, and so I had my breakfast with my colleagues, and I started walking back to my room to get ready for the events of the day, and I walked by this uh, big blue abstract painting that I didn't think anything of, and as I was turning the corner to go down the stairs to my room, I noticed a name right next to the painting, and the name was Fujimura, and I stopped dead in my tracks, because Makado Fujimura is my favorite artist in the entire world. And for the very first time in my life, I was standing before one of his paintings in real life. And I didn't even know it. And and all of the prints that were all around that hotel lobby, it was an entire display of all of his original works. And I had no idea. Now my office has got works of Fujimura all over it. My home above our fireplace is a reproduced uh, print of one of his early works, Tree Grace. And there I was before this work, uh, which is entitled New Vista. Fujimura is a master of Nihonga, which is uh, a Japanese style of 
painting where you take earthen elements like gold and silver and azurite and you pulverize them and then place them in layers on the canvas. And most of his paintings have as many as 150 layers of minerals on them to reflect, to refract light off the canvas in unique ways. So depending on where you are standing, you see a different painting. I wonder how often we walk by blessings in our lives and we don't even notice. And that's what I call first level gratitude. So I think we normally think of when we think of Thanksgiving, slowing down, saying thank you for the gifts that are all around us. Anna read our call to worship from Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord because God is good. God's faithful love endures forever. And the rest of that psalm, it enumerates all of the blessings that Israel is prone to take for granted. From the first blessing of life itself, the gift of life, for deliverance from Egypt. And by the end of the psalm, it's the day-to-day provisions of food and drink. It is good and right and healthy to spend time giving thanks for the blessings of our lives because they are more abundant than we know. That, that is first-level gratitude. And it's a good idea. Next-level gratitude. Well, that's, a, that's a whole other thing. On the surface, next-level gratitude appears naive or insincere. But when it is understood at its depth, it is nothing short of a miracle. The Apostle Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, Rejoice always, pray continuously, give thanks in every situation, because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I I love the way Paul just sort of lists these things as though they are like a a simple checklist that one can take care of on a given day. You know, get up in the morning, take a shower, rejoice always, go to work, pray continuously, check your email, (laughs) go to the staff meeting, give thanks in every situation, wear deodorant. You're going to be like, Paul, some of these things are not like the other. (laughs) You you, you put it in a list like that, it sounds so simple as if anybody can just do this. But giving thanks in every situation seems impossible, if not crazy. How do you give thanks when your world is falling apart? Should you even try? Is that something we should even aspire to? Cloud Cult is one of my favorite bands, and they have a line in one of their songs that says, it's easy to be thankful for the things you've got. It takes guts to give thanks for the things you've lost. That's, that's exactly right. Uh, the, the songwriter, Craig Minua, of that lyric, he, he wrote that song after his son Caden died at the age of two. There's nothing simple about giving thanks in that situation? How do we give thanks for the things that we've lost, for the things that we most wish did not happen? It was Christmas 2007 when I first noticed something was off with my mother. Uh, Historically, she'd been a really good 
gift giver, one of those people who just kind of throughout the year would see something and, and think of you. And so she didn't like to give you things off your list, but instead to give you something that you didn't know that you wanted and then you found that you were so seen in the process. And, and that year I came home for Christmas and my gifts were terrible. They were awful. Um, and I thought at the time, I remember thinking, like, they just don't love me, right? <laughs> um, they're just not seeing me anymore. But now I look back and go, oh, that, that, that's the earliest sign I can point to of her undiagnosed Alzheimer's. She was only 57 years old at the time. That was 15 years ago. And a lot has changed in that time. She is still with us, but she has lost so much. Last week, my sister said that if anyone was born to be a grandmother, it was our mom. But I can only tell Asher stories of what his Grammy used to be like. How she could bring you to tears for the way that she saw you and cared for you. She was a counselor by trade, and I highly recommend having a parent as a counselor. It was an awesome, awesome gift. You'd be brought to tears by how well you felt listened to and cared for. And then, and then a few minutes later, she could bring you to tears in laughter over an inappropriate joke that she told. <laughs> she was passionate and fun and real, and she never settled for religious platitudes and yet held on to her faith in the midst of great suffering. That version of her is gone now. Exists only in the memories of those of us who knew her and loved her. It's easy to be thankful for the things that you've got. It takes guts to give thanks for the things you've lost. Stephen Colbert is the youngest of 11 children in a devout Catholic family. And when he was 10 years old, his father James and his older brothers Peter and Paul died in a plane crash. And I know that his comedy is not for everyone. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to put your feelings about that aside. And listen to an interview that he did with Anderson Cooper in 2019. It was shortly after Anderson's mother had died. Now, when Anderson Cooper was 10 years old, his father died of cancer, and when Anderson was only 21, his older brother took his own life. So listen to these two people talk about grief and next you told level an interviewer, gratitude. Uh, you told an interviewer uh, that you have learned to, in your words, love the thing that I most wish had not happened. Um... I remember you went on. You went on to say, uh, what, "What punishments of God are not gifts?" Do you really believe that? Yes. It's a gift to exist. It's a gift to exist, and with existence comes suffering. There's no escaping that. And I guess I'm either a Catholic or a Buddhist when I say those <laughs> things because I've heard those from from yeah. both traditions. But I didn't learn it 
that I was grateful for the thing I most wish hadn't happened is that I realized it. Mm-hmm. Is that, and it's a, it's an odd, odd oddly guilty feeling. It, it doesn't mean you are I happy. Want, I don't want it to have happened. I want it to not have happened. Right. But if you are grateful for your life, which I think is a positive thing to do, um, yeah. not everybody is, right. and not, I'm not always. Um, but it's the most positive thing to do. Then you have to be grateful for all of it. It's, you can't pick and choose what you're grateful for. And then, so what do you get from loss? You get awareness of other people's loss. Well, that's true. Empathy. Which allows you to connect with that other person. Right. Which allows you to love more deeply and to understand what it's like to be a human being, if it's true that all humans suffer. Right. And so, at a young age, I suffered something so that by the time I was in serious relationships in my life with friends or with my wife or with my children is that I have some understanding that everybody is suffering and however imperfectly acknowledge their suffering and to connect with them and to love them in a deep way that not only accepts that all of us suffer but also then makes you grateful for the fact that you have suffered so that you can know that about other people and that's that's what I mean it's it's about the f- fullness of your humanity. Mm-hmm. What's the point of being here and being human if you can't be the most human you can be? I'm not saying best, because you can be a bad person and a mm-hmm. most human. I want to be the most human I can be. And that involves acknowledging and ultimately being grateful for the things that I wish didn't happen, because they gave me a gift. You told an interviewer uh, that you... I'd simply never heard anybody talk about wish had not happened. And grief and, and loss, they allow us this gift of being able to connect with other people in their loss. And suffering puts us in touch with what it means to be a human being, to know that everyone is suffering. And, and, and that connection can bring forth gratitude. Gratitude for the fact that you have suffer. That's next level gratitude. It doesn't mean, as Stephen said, wishing that the thing happened. It does mean that the bad things that happen don't need to go to waste. That when we grieve our losses, that space is created inside of our hearts for other people's loss. And in time, you may come to realize that you actually in one way or another, love the thing that you wish most had not happened. I think that's what it means to rejoice always. To give thanks in every situation that this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I wish my mother didn't get Alzheimer's. (laughs) But she did. And nothing about it has been easy or simple. And it's taken me a long time to be able to say it. But I'm grateful for the loss. Not always and not every day, but I'm grateful. See, my mother's been my teacher every stage of my life. And she's still teaching me how to be a most human. And I've wondered these last few years, are the last lessons that she's teaching me, are they the most important ones of all? In my most recent visit with her, I did what I do now, which is just spend time 
spend time being together. That's all that's left now. Simple existence. And it's a gift. There's no doing. There's very little talking. I I don't know that she recognizes me. And I'm okay with that. Because I recognize her. (laughs) I remember who she was and I'm grateful for who she is. So as I left, I told her how grateful I was to be able to spend this time with her. And clear as day, she said back to me, I like it. I like it. I like it too, Mom. (laughs) Because it's a gift to exist. And in all of our existence, in the good and the bad, we are fully and completely loved by God. And each day is a gift. And all of it is grace. And so for the gift of our lives, our whole lives, we give thanks to you, O God. Let's pray. Lord, for the gifts that we are eager to receive, for the ones that make our hearts glad and make our voices sing, we give you thanks and praise. For those many blessings that are all around us that so often go unnoticed, we give you thanks and praise. Lord, open our eyes and slow us down that we might see and appreciate the abundance in which we live and move and have our being. And Lord, for the suffering of our lives, for those things that we do not want to receive and wish did not happen. Though we may not be able to give thanks, we ask that our suffering not go to waste, that it might soften us instead of harden us, that our suffering might connect us with others and not separate us. Lord, put that suffering to work that through it we might find our fullest humanity in both ourselves and in others. And for that gift, we give you thanks. Loving God who endures with us, who rejoices with us, who weeps with us, who finds us when we are lost, who cares for us when we are broken, who listens as we pour out our hearts to you, we give you thanks and praise. Eternal God, for your Son, Jesus the Christ, in whom you have delivered us, in whom you have forgiven us, in whom you have reconciled us and granted us life everlasting, we give you thanks and we give you praise. And it's in his name that we pray and who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.